On today's episode, we are going to talk about eating and living healthy from the inside out, meeting the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, and building a circle of trust. Let's go! This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Today, we have Jacob Delion. He is the CEO of Origin Almond. At Origin Almond, they see healthy growth in the clean and natural lifestyle movement, craveable beverages that harness the healing power of superfoods, skincare so pure that you'll never find an X, Y, or Z in the ingredients. They make branded products that celebrate wholesome, plant-based purity. Jacob, how is your day going? Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. I'm having a gorgeous day. Hope you are too. Yeah, and it's an amazing background. I'm extremely jealous <laughs> that I'm in a room and you're outside. But I feel like the interview already is so on brand because not only do you have the T-shirt, but you got healthy lifestyle, healthy oh, yeah, living, and you're outside as well. So, I mean, this is going to make for – like I feel like the energy around you is going to be harnessed and it's going to turn out into an amazing interview. So I can't wait. Thanks. It's part of that and part of it too. We're all marketers, right? We have yeah. to make sure everything fits on brand. Absolutely. <laughs> so before we get into everything, and I, and, and I know that you, you have a, a, a high IQ of – uh, of healthy living and, and healthy eating. So I'm curious to hear this answer. But imagine yeah. you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where yeah. are you going to eat and what are you going to order in order to make your day complete? Ooh, that's a good one. Just so many good things to eat around this area, even healthy things too. Uh, well, I'm not sure about you or your listeners, but I sometimes go through these uh, food kind of trends or food kind of I guess, patterns. And uh, my favorite food of these days tends to be smoothies. Um, so then, I don't know, I just crave smoothies for breakfast and lunch. And we make an awesome kind of drink called golden ginger and turmeric. I'm not sure if you know about turmeric, but it's awesome for you. Great for anti-inflammatory, anti-microbiotic. So I actually do an awesome smoothie that has that golden ginger and turmeric, a bit of cayenne, some protein powder, some banana. You roll it all up it's like sweet spicy savory all in your mouth it's like the most amazing thing you'll ever have the last thing you'll think about it's healthy it's just so darn tasty so are you having this in the morning the afternoon or i switch it up usually i have that particular drink after jogging because usually my knees are terrible so after i jog it gets a bit achy so i drink that turmeric it helps a lot with the uh, inflammatory issues interesting very cool well if it's okay with you maybe you can share the recipe so you can put it on the website Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like, instead of doing that whole smoothie thing, just buy one of our drinks. Everything there you is go. there for you. <laughs> Good marketing. I love it. I love it. I love it. It saved you the trouble. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jacob, without further ado, please tell us about yourself. Who are you and what is your story? Yeah, wow. That's a loaded question. So um, I'll kind of give you maybe the two-minute summary, uh, maybe focusing on maybe the work part. Uh, well, I, w I grew up in South Jersey. I'm from the greater Philly area. I studied fine arts at Drexel. So I was a weird art kid that had a purple and orange hair in university. Strangely enough, uh, right out of college, um, I kind of cut my teeth in marketing. It wasn't really planned out. It just kind of fell that way. Uh, the first job I had and interviewed for was with a company called Procter & Gamble. Um, if a lot of your viewers don't know, P&G is kind of a great consumer products company. They make brands like Gillette, uh, Pantene, and so forth. 
And so for me, I was around 21 when I got the job with them. And um, their first assignment that they sent me was to work in Asia. So for the first few years of my career, I was working for Procter & Gamble Marketing in the Asia region. I was based in Singapore. And funny enough, um, they started out me with their food brands. So then I was working with brands like Pringles, uh, with Imes and Yukonuba. They were their pet foods. And then for, I worked there for a few years, and I transitioned to a number of other food roles in the Asia region. Just most recently, I worked with Starbucks Asia Pacific. And there I was working to create all the new coffee and beverage innovations for all the Asia regions, including Japan, China, Australia, New Zealand, and everything in between. So my career just happened to be focused around food. I mean, I spent the last few years kind of um, selling Pringles to Japanese moms, um, selling Frappuccinos to Chinese students, um, and I learned a lot of knowledge on kind of preparing food innovations, learning the trends, and kind of running and managing successful food brands. Just about two years ago, um, I kind of realized my calling uh, to start my own thing. It's something I wanted to do, to be an entrepreneur, and also head back to the U.S. At that point, I was living in Singapore and Hong Kong for about 10 years. And uh, it was the most amazing experience. I traveled all around the world. Um, got to meet all these amazing, incredible, diverse cultures and people. Uh, but part of me, I'm a very simple guy. Uh, I'm still a Jersey boy at heart, so I wanted to go back and kind of spend time with my family before they get too old and get too far apart. And uh, just kind of go back to my roots in the U.S. So here I am. Um, so then I started a company called Origin Almond about two years ago. We started making raw, fresh-pressed almonds. Uh, since then, um, our growth and our innovation has been pretty exciting. Uh, we started out selling almond milk at a local farmer's market in South Jersey. And then we got the opportunity to join the Whole Foods incubation program in South Jersey. And that's how we got connected with them. Um, so now we sell kind of a more longer shelf life almond milk product that's now available in about six Whole Foods in the region, a couple other stores and cafes. And we're soon going to launch kind of another beauty brand that's connected to the almond milk in terms of the same ingredients uh, that we will be offering to the public in the next few months. Very cool. Well, congratulations yeah. to, to you and your success. It's a, a great story. Um, Thanks. I'm curious to hear you know, what is it about food that resonates so strongly with you that you not only started your career with, but you're, you even decided to go on and start your own thing. Um, revolving around food. So what is it about food that just gets you gets you so excited? So I guess I'll answer it in terms of maybe uh, an emotional connection and maybe more of the um, the business connection too, right? Uh, for emotional connection, uh, you know, I grew up in an Asian family. My family is Filipino. So food has always been part of our culture and our family life ever since I was a kid. I just remember kind of waking up early mornings on the weekends and helping my grandmother and my parents kind of prepare the meals for the weekend, chopping onions, peeling shrimp or whatever. And even at that young age, kind of getting ready and preparing myself to see what kind of culinary flavors work together or what kind of foods kind of really resonate with different people. So the first business I actually started was um, selling empanadas and chocolate chip cookies when I was around eight or nine years old. It was a cute business. I mean, I, was, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just making cookies and empanadas for fun. But then I would make it together with my parents, with my grandmother, and they would help me. And I would sell it to our friends, family, and folks from church. And that was my, kind of my first foray into the commercial side of food. Um, you know, so the, 
ever since then, I've had a nice relationship with food. I the taste of the food, how people kind of congregate over it. And I've been really into different flavors and different textures. And even when I went to Asia, I mean, the amount of textures and flavors that you get there are just so phenomenal, so out of this world, so many complex combinations. I guess from a business aspect, what excites me about food is um, a couple of things. Maybe the first thing is what we call expandable consumption. Um, think of it this way, right? Uh, you buy a bottle of shampoo. Maybe that shampoo bottle will last you for about a month, right, before you buy a new bottle. With food, there's really no limit. I mean, you buy a bag or you buy a can of Pringles one day, how long will that can last you? Depends on your mood. You might eat the whole can while binge-watching Game of Thrones, and then you're ready for a second can the next day, right? There's no limit to how much food you could actually sell. And for one thing, there's so many occasions where people buy food and they consume food. There's so many limitless ways you can market it to different people. And what's more exciting, if you look at that food, but even a sub-segment, eating healthier or I guess organic or natural I mean it's it's a no-brainer you see it right now in the US folks are changing their lifestyle they're changing their eating habits uh, to fit a more healthier kind of more balanced kind of approach um, I mean it's it's kind of obvious by a lot of the big multinational food companies and brands are kind of suffering right now at the expense of these natural smaller brands kind of gaining share just by the transparency of ingredients and kind of the story and the meaning behind it too and I'm excited to be part of that. Yeah, no, definitely. You're definitely on the forefront, which is really cool because I, I see the movement uh, happening. Yeah. And uh, especially with a lot of the documentaries and things like that that are coming out where they're actually uh, changing people's perception of food. And uh, they may go vegan. They may go vegetarian. Um, I know recently I, I went, uh, I'd say, 80% vegetarian, uh, 20% nice. meat. Um, just because I want to be able to, to, to eat less meat and, and, and just feel better. So I can speak from my experience, but I'm curious to hear from you as well. I, ever since I went vegetarian, I could say I'm, I, I, I was faster, I was smarter, I was cleaner, I, I, was, uh, I just felt better. Maybe not the smarter piece, but I just felt better. Um, <laughs> ha- have you always lived a natural, uh, clean-eating lifestyle? And if you haven't, how has eating that type of clean, organic route uh, helped you and your, your mindset? Mm, that's a great question. And I'm glad to see that you're making that change in your lifestyle and that you're reaping the benefits of it. Um, I guess early on, um, when I was a kid, I was actually a pretty overweight kid. I mean, I was pretty, I think chubby is kind of a kind word to say <laughs> it. Um, but just kind of raised on very typical American junk food and very high-fat, high-calorie kind of home food. Um, but then um, at a certain age, I think it was around high school, I made the conscious decision to eat healthier and exercise just for the sake of losing weight, right? Um, I guess it's more of the aesthetic appeal, you know? Um, but then fast forward to when I went to Asia, my mindset on eating healthier and the benefits of doing so and from a health perspective really changed. And the reason for that is that um, if you look at a lot of Asian cultures, a lot of the traditional belief is that medicine comes from food. What you put into your body actually changes the way that you feel from the inside and how you kind of perform from the inside out, right? Um, I'll give you a good kind of analogy. So when I was in the living in Singapore and Hong Kong, I've actually met a lot of Americans and Europeans who are very ill. I mean, we're talking about late stage, maybe cancer or other terminal diseases. And they went to Asia just to seek out traditional medicines that are based on herbs, uh, different foods, different vegetables that have purported health benefits. 
And I asked them, why on earth would you go to Asia? You have all this amazing kind of health and medicine technologies back in the U.S. or Europe. And they told me that they tried them all out, but they failed. And then so usually when all else fails, you seek back to where you kind of our bodies came from, which was the nature, right? And a lot of them actually saw a lot of great benefit from it, right? I mean, you'll be surprised how much more better your body will feel, regardless if you're ill or not, just by eating a cleaner and pure lifestyle. Um, as the old adage goes, you know, garbage in, garbage out. If you're eating um, a lot of unprocessed foods or kind of additive foods day by day, uh, it's just a no-brainer that your body processes that in a very unnatural way. And this so that your energy might decline, some health um, aspects of your life might decline as well. Uh, but if you switch that to something that's more pure um, and you get kind of different nutrients from great fiber and protein sources, Horses, um, you'll feel a lot better, just as you kind of testified to as well. Yeah, that's great. Now, you, you mentioned that you're on the forefront, or um, I believe that you are one of the, the, the leaders in the in the region of, of the organic uh, um, uh, product. Um, re- obtaining your first 100 customers is always one of the most difficult things to do. Um, in in business, especially entrepreneurship with sales. So what were some of the ways that you were able to achieve your first 100 customers? Yeah, so um, I would say that I guess every business is different, right? I mean, if if you're making an app, it would be different for you. If you're creating a product, it would be different from you. Traditionally, in the food world, um, the way that you acquire customers is by taste testing, right, or demoing products. Uh, because people need to, first of all, understand what you're selling. Uh, and number two, they need to like the taste of it because it's food at the end of the day. So for us, I mean, I mentioned that we got started in the local farmer's market over in Collingswood, New Jersey. It's probably by far the best farmer's market in South Jersey. And our first 100 customers were literally just us passing samples of fresh almond milk. And we would just tell the people, hey, do you drink almond milk? Yeah, we we buy that stuff all the time from the grocery store. Have you ever had it fresh? No, fresh almond milk, what's that about? And they taste it, and immediately their taste buds tell them the truth, right? That it's uh, whether or not they like it or not, and when they like it, that, wow, this is ridiculous. This is so different than any of the almond milks I had before. Hmm. And it's that love at that taste and trying to get them to imagine how they can use that at home, which gets them coming back. So if you think about it, at Collingswood, we were easily giving out probably, maybe, it's a busy market, maybe 100 to 200 samples per session, a four-hour session. And then our first market, the first time at the market, we sold out in about two hours. And, I mean, that was our first 100 customers right there. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So now that you you have the uh, the the, I guess, the brand notice and the people actually buying the product, they like receiving your um your product at at a a, a farmer's market etc but now you have to expand to make sure that more people do it because your type of business you may not be able to survive on just like 100 customers you need thousands and millions of customers so um what are some ways that you that you wish to expand that and and get the product uh to more people so then now that we're in um, a larger scale, I guess, or a larger channel compared to a local farmer's market, as you mentioned, um, like being in grocery stores like Whole Foods or different cafes and restaurants, um, it's harder to get that trial out just because you're side by side by big brands. Um, I'll give you an example. In the case that normally stocks our product at Whole Foods, we share the shelf with five big companies. 
Uh, what are the big companies? Uh, usually PepsiCo, Starbucks that makes Evolution Fresh, Haynes Celestial, one of the biggest natural foods uh, brand conglomerates in the world, Coca-Cola, and some other kind of local big brands. And so the only reason you could stand a chance against them is, again, to get your product out there in front of customers. And then so for us, I mean, we do it store by store, very guerrilla based marketing is just is to give out samples and educate the consumer on that new brand and new product. So fortunately for us, our product has a couple of points of difference uh, compared to other drinks that you see out there. For one thing, we're the only kind of cold press premium almond milk based beverage out there. Second thing is that we have uh, a kind of that trend of healing superfoods that everyone's seeking out, things like matcha, turmeric, coconut. And number three, we're actually the lowest sugar option in the game. So then one bottle of our almond milk, about two grams of sugar for the entire bottle. You compare that to like a juice that's next to us, about 34 grams of the bottle. If you look at kind of natural seekers or people looking for healthier natural food options, I mean, they're out there, right? It's just a matter of finding kind of that product that resonates best with you in that sea of other natural products out there too yeah so i i find it interesting because a lot of people uh tend to grab a beverage but they don't actually look at the product um for those people who may not actually be able to meet you or meet your team have you done any research on creating and the and and the science behind a quality designed product? Yeah, I mean, for us, um, our approach was, I mean, first off, when you start off uh, with your own small business, as you know, Jonathan, um, one of the drawbacks is that you don't have access to all the data, right? Um, I guess when I worked for bigger companies, I would have access to every kind of data point you can imagine. You know, how much are we selling per store? What's the display looking at per store? What's the price of the competitors? Which of their flavors are doing better than others? Um, how I approached it uh, with, without all that big data was kind of um, introducing a product that was not perfect by any standards, almost like a minimally viable product, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. uh, launching that when I first went to market in the mass grocery Whole Foods kind of space and then fine-tuning it, tweaking it with all the feedback I've gotten over the last few weeks, months. To give you an idea, so then the product that you see on shelf now, that's actually probably the sixth formulation change and the fourth label change since we launched the product back in January. Um, so you can, you can kind of tell I'm pretty obsessed about getting the product to the point where the market is happy with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's ever going to be perfect. I'm still changing it as we speak. But every bit of feedback, every bit of sales data that you get from a consumer helps a lot. Uh, that's really interesting. So that leads me to um, a question about um, blindness in business. So being blind is something that we all experience at some point in time. Can you take us back to a particular story of when you felt lost or when you felt blind in business and how did you overcome it? Um, oh, geez, I, I'm just trying to think. There's probably too many to count. You know, <laughs> um, I could tell you when I first started in the mass store, um, you know, the mass channel like Whole Foods, without all that data, one of the things that really bothered me as a marketer was not having access to that data. Uh, for example, if I was having a bad sales week or sales month, I don't know, was it my brand? Was it because of competitive promotions? Was it just because no one is buying from that category at all? Do you know what I mean? There's probably a thousand questions that could go any reason why your brand is performing or not performing well. 
Um, so at least for me, I kind of felt like as a marketer, um, you could either just say, oh, darn, no data. What am I going to do? Or you kind of take matters into your own hands. Um, so what I do is that at all the stores that we're in, I would actually look at all the competitors, take a note of their sales price, and even go as far as check their expiration dates. Because checking their dates lets me know which of their flavors, which of their products are selling, and which aren't, right? Mm. And from all those data points, very, very, very raw data points, very, very qualitative data points, you can kind of formulate a hypothesis, yeah? So I'll give you an example. Um, this is not an exact example, almost kind of an example hypothesis. I could tell you that at my Princeton Whole Foods store, uh, where I did probably the most business, I had a slow kind of last two weeks just because there were about five other brands doing price promotions at the same time and also out of stock of two flavors. And so with that kind of hypothesis, it gives you some sort of clarity in the business that otherwise people would freak out if they didn't have that clarity in the first place. Does that make sense? Totally. Makes absolute yeah. sense. I mean, that that's really, really smart uh, to kind of go through that that on the uh, on the ground type of army, so to speak, where you're doing your research, finding out information. Um, I mean, to me, that's a story of a, a person who really wants to succeed. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and your team for doing that research. Um, I don't know. Some people would say smart. I just say we're scrappy and gritty. Yeah, well, that's but that's how that's what you have to do. If you don't have the data that that you once had, that's that's what you have to do. So I respect it. So my next question. And this is going to be an interesting answer from you because you're an entrepreneur, but you're also a product, a product guy and, and, and a healthy living guy. If there's one person that you would like to meet to help you in your business, who would you want to meet and why? Oh, one person that I'd like to meet. Um, hmm. There's a, oh my goodness. There's so many people. I mean, if there was maybe one person. Um, so I actually did meet. I, I think the person I was going to say is uh, John Mackey. He's the uh, founder and CEO of Whole Foods. Um, just because he was one of the, you know, the, the godfathers of the natural food growth craze in the U.S. But what I wanted to add on to that is that I actually did have a chance to meet him. So John Mackey was at the uh, local Whole Foods for me over in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, South Jersey, and he was touring the store. Just so happened, I had to be demoing product that day. And um, so then I was demoing product and him and his entourage came up to me. And this is before my product was on shelves. I was still in their incubator program at that store. And so we tried it and John Mackey is a hardcore vegan. And my product is vegan as well. And he tried my ginger and turmeric drink. And he's like, this is pretty awesome. He's like, how much do we sell it for? I was like, oh, John, it's not on the store yet. He's like, why not? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, jokingly. And he liked the product. He, he did a picture with me. He was very polite and very kind. Um, so no joke. Literally a few days after he did that, I got my first purchase order from Whole Foods. I don't know if that magic meeting helped. The, the speed at which my product got into the Whole Foods shelves. Um, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but I just thought it was a funny coincidence. That is cool. That is a great, yeah. great, great story. <laughs> I mean, that is something that, like, uh, like, I'm sure that day you didn't even think about, like, who you would meet that day. You know, like, that's some of the cool things in life and business. Like, you woke up, you there was probably a 0.01% chance that you thought that you would have met the CEO of Whole Foods that day. And then here you are going into this, the store, 
promoting your product and boom, he's right in front of you. So now we're going to shift the conversation a little bit about habits and habits is something that's so important to entrepreneurs and, and also just humans in general. So what are some yeah. habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? So maybe um, I'll start off with some of the uh, personal habits. Uh, for one thing, uh, I'm not sure about you or your viewers, but I happen to be a morning person. That's when I function the best. So for me, I like to build up a habit of waking up early, around 5 or 6 a.m. Um, I tend to sneak in a workout, either cardio or weights, just to get your body and your blood flowing uh, for the rest of the day. And even start your day off with a nice kind of filling, nutritious meal. I mean, it doesn't have to be um, kind of healthy as like a kale smoothie or anything like that. Uh, but something that will just get you filled up and get you functioning from a brain perspective. Uh, that's number one. Number two is kind of keeping things organized from both your business perspective in terms of what are the tasks that you need to get done. If there's a lot to get done, what I tend to do is kind of group tasks into small wins, right? So then if it's a Thursday, what are your two or three big wins you could do for today that you would say that Thursday is successful? Um, is it replying to an email? Is it reaching out to a certain potential retail customer? Is it even updating your website to kind of talk about an important feature you want to get out for your product? Other than that, I mean, if you focus on those three big wins, it helps kind of put the rest of your task into different priorities and kind of different, um, you know, ways you can manage your stress and your work level, uh, work life balances as well. And maybe the last one about habit is also just make time for yourself. I mean, a lot of uh, solopreneurs out there or entrepreneurs, they get burned out really easily. Um, you talk about work-life balance, it doesn't necessarily mean work a certain amount of hours per day. It could just mean balancing your, your work life with something that makes you happy. Um, so for me, um, I, I get kind of down depressed if I feel I'm not hitting my own physical goals, right? If I haven't worked out for a few days, I get bummed out. So then as long as I sneak in some good exercise, some good weights now and then, I'm happy even though I have to work kind of long hours. Yep. Yeah. No, that, that's something that, uh, is, is relatable. Um, yeah, yeah. Now when you are going throughout your day, you're constantly, uh, you know, you could be on the go. What are some resources that you use every single day, um, that you simply can't live out with? And, and you can't answer saying, uh, I'm an ordinal. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, all of us live and breathe off our phones these days. Um, you know, I tell anyone who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur, how lucky are we to be entrepreneurs in this day and age, right? We could do every single thing from our phones, invoicing to kind of balancing timesheets to managing budgets all from our phone. But I guess from a more kind of uh, granular level in terms of software, so you're going to laugh. Uh, but, you know, I've been in corporate America for the last 10 years. Uh, we lived and breathed off. Microsoft Office, so things like Outlook and PowerPoint, and I still use those even today, right? So I still manage my tasks using Outlook. I still do my emails using Outlook. Uh, probably not as high tech as some of your other kind of um, <laughs> interviewees here, but I, I just, I'm, I don't know, I'm a loyal guy. I love Microsoft. What can I say? <laughs> hey, you're allowed. You're totally allowed, <laughs> and I respect those answers. Now, the yeah. last major question that I have for you is: the Blind Entrepreneur was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They cannot see the obvious. They are stuck in their headspace and their particular uh, portion of their business. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? 
Yeah, this is a tricky one just because um, I've heard so many advices and I've applied different advices for my own experience as well. Uh, maybe um, I'll just share with you more soft skills, uh, not, not so much kind of business skills. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, I say the first one is just to build your own um, support system, your circle of trust, um, and build that from both people that really care about you from an emotional and personal standpoint and people that care about your business, right? Because each group will have different answers for different problems. So for me, my support system emotionally is my family, my parents, my brother, my close friends, my church. Um, from a business perspective, I'm fortunate enough to be in touch with all my, um, my mentors and ex-bosses from the corporate world, right? So, for example, if I ask my mom a business question, she'll probably tell me um, something that she thinks will make me happy, right? But if I ask my ex-bosses, they'll probably, like, kick my butt and tell me something I need to hear, right? Um, so that'll be my first one, to build a support system. Number two is uh, just be gritty, uh, you know, just kind of get that grit in you. And it, this example I gave you about finding data when you don't have that big data available I mean, if you're faced with a problem, find a creative solution out of it. I mean, if people aren't using your product, more likely than not, you are not the consumer. Just because you've been so neck deep in your own work for so long, you've gotten blind. Eh, you've gotten blind to uh, kind of what your product is about. So again, seek out answers. Seek out, ask people directly, why aren't you using my product? And look at your own behaviors. Why aren't you using a competitor's app? And that'll give you kind of answers that you seek. Um, the last one I, I like... Uh, the one I'll give you is that I personally like, and one thing that I always try to abide by is to be nice, yeah? And I think it's kind of a one step above networking, yeah? So when people think about networking, they think about kind of connecting with those that are strategic to them and their business, right? I think we've all seen them, right? We go to conference shows, and those are usually the folks that look at your name tag, and if you're not from one of the companies they want to, they say, oh, they smile at you and they walk away. Um, but I just believe being nice to everyone, whether or not be kind of like, talking to the person serving the food, talking to the person at Whole Foods who stocks the product, or even kind of talking to people who would never even benefit your business in any way, just be nice. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Making people happy makes you happy, and you give off that energy which people want to be attracted to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it beautifully said. Uh, coming from a, a great person, so <laughs> it's uh, you know, refreshing to hear those, yeah, those words in the, uh, in the afternoon. Uh, well, Jacob, you successfully completed the podcast, so congratulations to you. The next 30 seconds is all yeah. yours. Go ahead. Tell everyone how they can learn more about you, how they could be a part of your journey, and potentially, if they're within the local region at this point in time, uh, become a customer of yours. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. So um, you should please check us out. I mean, visit our website. We're at originalmond.com or... Uh, IGINAmond.com and check us out on uh, social media on Instagram and our Facebook accounts to learn more about our products. If you don't find us in the stores that are near to you, tell them that we want this product in the stores as soon as possible. It's the most amazing thing that you'll ever hear. Um, I am geeking out. I want to give you and your customers, uh, your listeners, a bit of a sneak peek. So we're launching a second brand, um, which you might have hinted to in the beginning. It's actually going to be a beauty brand that uses the byproduct of the almond meal process. So we're trying to form an ecosystem within the company that's zero waste, zero food waste, yet also benefits our consumers by offering them pure plant-based wellness or skincare. So keep a lookout for that. It's coming in the next few months. Uh, my intention is to make kind of two brands that live off each other with zero waste, at the same time kind of serving all the people who are looking for that clean, active kind of plant-based 
lifestyle. Very cool. Well, we're excited to hear more about it and learn more yeah. about it. Uh, Jacob, thank you again for everything. To those of you who are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube if you haven't already. Everything you've heard today will be in the show notes, including all the links that Jacob mentioned. To oh, yeah. watch more videos, be sure to head over to theblindentrepreneur.com. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope that after listening to the wisdom of Jacob, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.